You're listening to The Greatest Gift Podcast, where we empower and uplift parents by reminding them why they chose to give their children the gift of homeschooling. Our goal is to reframe and redefine the stereotypes of homeschool kids as we highlight the positives and explore the negatives with honesty and hope. So I would love for you to tell me your potential dog names again. <laughs> Get okay. those publicized. Yeah, so uh, my husband and I are currently waiting on a dog. We're on a puppy waiting list. And if it's a boy, we're going to name him Dude. Just awesome. because that's really fun to, you know, talk to your dog and be like, what's up, dude? Um, and <laughs> if it's a girl, we're going to name her Pippi. Consider my vote to be yes to those names. <laughs> Jay approved. Okay. I'm very excited. Uh, We should be getting the puppy probably sometime before Christmas. We're still waiting Mm. um, for them to be born and everything. But yeah, it's happening. We've been on this waiting list for over a year. So we've been waiting a very long time. Is that a thing? It's because it's such a rare breed. They're more pop. So it's a Legato Romagnolo. And they are. That's not. You just (laughs) said a type of ice cream. My dad calls it the lasagna dog. Because it's an Italian name. But they're they're much more popular in Europe. They're actually used... They were originally water dogs. The history is very interesting. I won't get into all of it. Now they they hunt truffles. That's what they're mostly used for. Whoa. But they're very popular in Europe. They're not very popular here in the United States. And so that's why um, it's we had to be on a waiting list and, and stuff. But they're a hypoallergenic dog. And that's how I found them. Because my husband is allergic to dogs. But he loves them. So... Is your husband also allergic to Haven? He is allergic to cats, yes. Um, Haven is a ragdoll, and her breed um, is a little bit better than the typical cat because uh, ragdolls don't have an undercoat. And so, yes, he is allergic to her, but it's not extreme. So we just keep her out of the bedroom because when he sleeps, that's when his allergies bother him the most. Hmm. Um, And Brendan is her favorite person. I don't want to get too much into that because that's a little bit of a sensitive topic. She is my cat, um, but he is her person. So it's fine, though. We're fine. (laughs) Dear listener, as you have almost certainly surmised, this is the greatest gift podcast (laughs) Wherein we discuss cats, dogs, and any other sort of furry creatures. All of the greatest gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Bree's homeschooling her cat, going to get a new dog, homeschool it too. And I will say, my cat is quite smart. So, so far this whole homeschooling is a good choice. Is that a... Theory, it's it's pretty good theory. Is that a joke or is your cat actually smart? No, she really is. She's very smart. Um, And she's quite sassy, but thankfully she doesn't hold grudges too much. Mm. One of the, her things is we don't give her people food. She only gets cat food, except when Brendan makes tuna, she gets to lick the can. Oh, <laughs> and no. So anytime Brendan opens a can of anything, she comes into the kitchen screaming. Like, she cries and cries and cries. <laughs> and so from now on, anytime he's making anything, like opening anything other than tuna, I open the can because she knows I never make tuna. That's, like, Brendan's thing. Um, but there was one day she was screaming at him and he looked at her and he goes, I'm not giving you tuna. And she looked at him. She gave him like kind of this glare and then she stuck her nose up in the opposite direction and she stopped crying. 
She knew what he was saying. She wasn't happy about it. You have a Disney cat. Yes. Yeah. She would definitely be one of those Disney sidekicks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Today, sorry we spent so much time talking about cats and dogs, but the fact is we didn't really come in today with any sort of one specific (laughs) thing to talk about, but school's starting and we are getting back into a role of recording weekly. So if you've been missing having a regular TGG in your ears... It's coming back with a vengeance. We can't say that. <laughs> Take it back. It's not vengeance. No, it's coming back strong. We're coming there back you strong. Go. Um, Jay and I, we, we try to formulate these really deep topics that are going to be meaningful and really touch you guys at the core. Yeah. We don't have that for you today. What, did, what was it that you said we were going to... Oh, you were just saying it's just talk about fall. Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, that does touch me a little bit. I love the fall. Fall is my favorite season. And that's because you're a human being. (laughs) So I was about to ask what's your favorite season, but I guess you just answered that. There are some people who say summer, and I just can't get with it. Summer is too hot. It's too much. I will say I don't have a pool, so I might feel differently if I had a pool. No, gosh. I don't know anyone (laughs) with a pool. Um, I think fall is sort of universally the best season because it's when... You can listen to the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown soundtrack over and over, and it's fine. Yeah, and eat pumpkin pie as much as you want, and no one's going to judge you because it's seasonal. So, of course, you're going to eat as much pumpkin pie as you can because you don't eat it any other time of the year. So you do pumpkin pie? We do all the pies. We do pumpkin pie. We do pecan pie. Um, My mom does a really good coconut cream pie. Doesn't always do that at, like, the fall time. But, oh, apple pie? Oh, yes. My mom makes the best apple pie. It is um, time for that, too, huh? Yeah, all the all the good things. It's fall. Our southern is showing right now. But, yes, pu- like... Uh, Unashamed, though. It's the best part of being southern. <laughs> Pecan pie, pumpkin pie, and apple pie are all things that I want and need currently at this very moment. And uh, I will say, just in general, like the whole Thanksgiving meal, that's Brendan's favorite meal. Um... Personally, I'm not a huge fan of the restaurant Perkins, but Brendan really likes to go there because they have the Thanksgiving meal option all year (laughs) long. So sometimes he's just like, can we please go to Perkins? Because I could really go for some mashed potatoes and turkey and dressing. (laughs) Perkins, y'all crazy. Yeah, I know. It's not not my favorite restaurant, but I, I get it. They do have a pretty good Thanksgiving meal that they offer year round. So Out here in West Tennessee... The restaurant options are (laughs) limited. Well, let me rephrase. Unlimited if you like any chain restaurant because they're all here. Yes, that is true. We do do have a lot of the chains. We just got a Chipotle. Yeah, it was big news. They got mobbed for like a solid week. Yeah, it was, and I'm pretty sure it took over all the different news outlets. Like (laughs) Chipotle was coming and nothing else mattered. Um... Which, I mean, they have good queso, so, you know, can't can't be too upset. I have never had Chipotle queso. We cannot get into the weeds on Chipotle queso on this podcast, unless... <laughs> unless we can? <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this episode all the way through. Hey, if anyone is listening now and you were hoping to get some really fresh galaxy-brained ideas on homeschooling, this one's probably not going to have them. And I'm sorry, but I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, what good queso really is and how, <laughs> and, and to really get in the weeds about what queso is about. And to me, it's all about 
stuff that doesn't get too clumpy right away. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's got to be smooth. Yeah. That's the whole premise. Well, of course, smooth and cheesy. You want it to taste like cheese and not just milk, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and like a little bit thick, but uh, yeah, definitely not not chunky. Unless unless it's got some meat in it. You know, Ooh, taco meat in your queso. Which I genuinely love. But I mean, that's always the like extra $3. So that's like the bougie queso. Right. But who doesn't like the bougie queso? But if you're making it yourself. If you're making it, so- it yourself, then first of all, more power to you. Yeah, absolutely. I wish more of us had that, uh, I don't know, what would you call is that? Is that a skill or is it just sort of a, if more had that vice? <laughs> <laughs> that addiction um, to cheese, which I, I do have. I am addicted to cheese just in general. Um, at one point I thought that I was lactose intolerant and, um, I, that was an emotional for me. Yeah. Because of cheese. Really no other reason. I, I never drink milk, but cheese So you're not lactose intolerant? I think I'm a little sensitive, but I, I can eat it and I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe everyone in the entire world is a little bit lactose intolerant. Probably so. I did like start reading some articles and they were like, you know... No other animal drinks the milk of a different animal. Like, we are, yeah. when you're born, when you are a baby, you are supposed to drink human milk and then, you know, and then, it, then that's, that's it. the natural end and of it's things. Over. Um, now, almond milk is yeah. a great option. I love oat milk. That's my favorite in my coffee. Me too. And I think it's because it does, it like foams better than any yes, other kind of milk. It does. And like has it does. less of a, and it, got, it has kind of that, that malt flavor, yeah, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there are better options. Why would you put milk in your body unless you are making cheese? If you have cheese, that's... God did, I think, intend for us to eat cheese. I I do think. I feel like that is blessed, you know? I definitely think that that's blessed. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pretend like we're starting the episode now. Okay. And yeah, that means... How do we start this again? It's been roughly 200 years since we've done an episode. But right. I think we start it with a quote. Yeah, we do. And like the music plays. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then it's like, you're listening to the greatest gift podcast. And then something about reframing and, and stuff like that. It's really good. Okay. The intro is pretty good. And then And then it's like... Hey guys, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And then we do a quote. Yeah, well you usually make you usually say I'm your host Jay and then you get upset with me for not saying I'm your host. I just <laughs> say Bree. Um, I'm your host Jay and I'm Bree, also your host. Welcome to the Greatest Gift Podcast. It am us. Um Bree, please read for us a uh, quote of the day okay. to get us inspired. You know, we said we didn't have much of a plan for today, but I did find us a quote. So, okay, great. All right. Our, our quote today is from William James, and I did look him up. He was the first professor to start teaching psychology at a university. Hey, which that's is, perfect for you. Yeah, super cool. Um, but this is the quote. He says, act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. I like that. Simple, succinct. But I think it's pretty profound because let's unpack this for a minute here. Sure. Okay, so... If you think that what you're doing makes a difference, how do you act? Because it mm-hmm. says to act that way. So if you think that what you're doing makes a difference, then you're confident. Sure. Yeah. 
Now, before we get into this, uh-huh. there's a very positive way to look at this and a very negative way to look at this. And you sort of automatically went for the positive way. And I like that. Um, <laughs> positive reinforcement is good because where my mind goes when I hear that is like, hey, watch what you're doing. It matters. Uh, there is that too. That's important too. I think we should unpack both ways. Okay. Okay. So the positive way um, if you think that what you're doing makes a difference, then you're going to be confident in it. And you're going to be passionate about it because you see the long-term goals. Um, You're going to encourage other people to get involved. And I don't know, other things too, I'm sure. Those are the things that come to mind. So let me go ahead and dump my personal brand of nihilism onto this. (laughs) Um, For me, saying that something matters is an opportunity to kind of take responsibility for my actions. So I say negative, not negative at all, just... Um, More acknowledging the weight of it. Right. Acknowledging the weight of the things you do and the way you spend your time. Yes. Um, Which is something I feel like I'm learning more and more about every day. My mom said to me, hey, we're really getting back to the core competency of the show now. We always do somehow. My mom's, (laughs) we were talking about, um, I can't even remember what we were talking about, but she said to me, life really is just a series of habits. Ooh. And I think that's probably a quote that she heard somewhere, but if she came up with it, great work, mom. <laughs> Good job. Um, and that really kind of hit me hard. And it wasn't right when she said it, but later when I was just going home and I was washing dishes and I was listening to podcasts, when, when, I, when I was listening to The Greatest Game, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, um, I would never. But I realized like, oh, I'm my life really is, like who I am is very much wrapped up in how I spend my time. And if, I sp- if I'm spending a lot of my time doing these things, then that is what I care about. You know, whether or not that's a positive or negative thing remains to be seen. But like, I don't know, it just hit me very hard as to really watch what I'm doing because that shows what I care about. Yeah. And we are routine beings. Yeah. Like, you know, some people have days that differ more widely than others but we all get up in the morning hopefully we all brush our teeth (laughs) you know we we take walks we get in the car we go grocery shopping and we eat and these are all things that we have to do to function but there are also things that we could do mindfully or we could do resentfully you know it's all in the way you do it so yeah and there's well we don't have anything planned we can get into whatever we want to sure um (laughs) uh, there is really something to going through those sort of menial, banal bits of life without headphones in. Mm. And this is counterproductive to us having you listen to our podcast. But (laughs) truly, I feel like the last, even just the last couple months, I've noticed how little of my time I spend um, not consuming Unplugged. Yeah, I I guess that's one way to say it, or just not sort of taking in information, if that makes sense. You mean kind of like on autopilot and not fully engaged? Right, exactly. So, so much of my life, if I'm, you know, if I'm at the grocery store, then I, for a long time, would just, that's when I would listen to podcasts or something, or listen to music, or have something going So I can be doing something while I'm doing something with my hands. Whatever. That's not really a good or bad thing. It just is. Mm -hmm. But I found that to be true with all of my time, that I felt like if I wasn't using my time to accomplish something or to ingest something, then it was somehow wasted. 
And ever since I've made an effort to truly intentionally waste more time or <laughs> use more time just to be mindful of where I am and, and who I am and taking things quietly and slowly, then I've noticed that I am able to be so much more creative. Yeah, And for I'm sure. able to be so much more focused. I think, you know, again, kind of circling back to, for Jay and I, our faith is a big part of who we are and and our lives. And I, you know, am always thinking about (laughs) those things, eternal things. And I I think it's important to note that God created humanity. Mm. And he created humanity with the original intent for it to last for forever. When God first made the earth, it was supposed to be, you know, the eternal concept and then Adam and Eve kind of screwed that up, but that's fine. Oops. Um, <laughs> but being human is something that's beautiful. And the way things are now in the world, pain is a part of being human. And I think that there can be a beautiful aspect to that. Um, you know, I was I was having some Bible study and Ecclesiastes 3 is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. And it talks about there being a season for everything. And one of the reasons I was reading it is because we're changing seasons. You know, it's fall. (laughs) And so, and again, fall is my favorite time of year. And so just kind of uh, thinking on how refreshing it is, because since it's my favorite time of year, it's finally here. It's my favorite season. I'm just kind of thinking about the changing over of seasons and how life is constantly changing. And Ecclesiastes 3 talks about how there's a season for everything. And it talks about how there's a season to weep and a season Mm. to mourn. And I had actually written down, um, for those of you who have listened before, you know a little bit about mine and Jay's stories individually. Um, I've lost a sister. And in my Bible, I circled a time to mourn and I put 2016 because that's the year that my sister passed away Mm. and so just looking back at that and seeing um you know later in ecclesiastes it says he makes he has made everything beautiful in its time and it's okay that it wasn't beautiful that when it happened you know but i've seen there, there have been students i've been able to work with and adults i've been able to work with who have dealt with grief and I wouldn't be able to engage with them on the level that I can if it weren't for the beauty of what I've been through. And so, um, you know, we said we didn't have a topic today, but we wanted to talk about fall and the change of seasons. And so I feel like that's relevant today to just kind of mention no matter what season you're in right now, if it's a really hard season and it doesn't feel okay, it is okay to not be okay, but just know that there is hope that one day you're going to look back, you're going to see the lessons you've learned, and you're going to embrace the fact that you are human, and it's going to have a beautiful side to it, Mm. you know? So I hope that is a bit of encouragement in the midst of all of our goofiness and the fun we're having today. I hope that that can be a takeaway. For sure. Wow, this podcast went a different direction than I thought it was going to. I came in all like back to school fall, but we didn't really talk about that. But school is starting. Bree and I are now both teaching a tutorial, teaching arts classes. Yes, we are. Bree is teaching theater. You want to talk about that? All? As per usual, um, I'm teaching an intro class right now, so mm. it's all the basics. But um, I try to teach it in a pretty different way than <laughs> most yeah. theater classes, um, a little bit more in depth, and uh, I just. Even my youngest students, so this semester I mostly have middle schoolers, I I still just try to acknowledge them and treat them like artists. You know, they are 
um, growing artists and I would try to respect their work, you know, respect their abilities and their intellect. You know, I, I don't dumb things down for them. I've told them, you know, this is a high school slash college level course. I don't give them the homework of a college student, but I'm trying to give them a lot of the deep content. And when I tell them that, a lot of times that helps them, you know, oh, well, I need to, I need to be more mature in this class, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's good for them. And so anyway, I, I guess it's more about my philosophy of teaching rather than what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I love theater. <laughs> it's a thing. That's awesome. <laughs> and you are doing an awesome class. This is your first time teaching? Yeah, it's my first time teaching music production. And I was kind of feeling the same way about it that you are. It's all about trying to respect a student's agency a high schooler's agency and a high schooler's um what's a good word for like their their inner artist that is not that because that sounds awful but you know what I mean like the artist that they want to be the artist that they aspire to be and treating them as if they are already there and And that their ideas are valid and unique and they have something to offer Yeah. yeah so it's been a lot of fun it's been a it's been a learning experience for me for sure but really helping me figure out like what it is that I like about music myself. Yeah. And <laughs> I think working with them. I think this is also totally valid because I don't know that you're able to offer this because you're able to work with some homeschoolers, you know, music production probably isn't something that <laughs> is typically offered in a no, regular high really. school, you know? Yeah, that's true. And you know, there are reasons for that. It is, it is difficult to teach this sort of thing in a group setting. Our, our group is fairly small, which makes it a little easier, but because it is so individualized. It's so individualized to everyone's equipment, to everyone's preferences, to everyone's sort of timeline of what they have available and what they are trying to accomplish. So it's been a lot of fun. It's very cool. It's cool to see high schoolers oftentimes with a pretty clear vision of what they're shooting for, which is something that I, you know, kind of wish I had at their age. I think I was just sort of making whatever music <laughs> that I thought was cool at the time or something yeah (laughs) well I've said the same thing about my class I've tried to create a class that I wish I had had yeah whenever I was their age so I think it's awesome that we're both able to to offer that that's kind of something I want to do as a parent again look at us getting back to the core competency (laughs) of our podcast but like being able to give my own son the tools and the options to be able to build on whatever it is that his artistic vision is. Not to say that he will certainly do that, but he has already shown so much interest and honestly talent. I'm such a dad right now, but like (laughs) he's so good at singing. He's so good. And he really loves it, really cares about it and wants to always wants to be singing. wants to know why things sound a certain way. So anyway, that's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love to see that. And so I really just want to help foster that without being like please do what I did but better (laughs) I think some of that's okay it's more when the pressure comes in which it it sounds like you're going to try to avoid that so that's exciting though and that's something that's also so special to you that it's very cool that you guys can bond over that as he grows yeah yeah it's been fun well maybe another thing we could do in this podcast since we both said we love fall do you have any specific fall traditions or memories growing up of Mm. things that you enjoyed doing specific to the fall season? Did you like go to pumpkin patches or? Enjoy listening to the entire Smashing Pumpkins discography from start to finish every, as soon as it hits October. (laughs) What is that? 
I don't know what Never that mind. is. <laughs> this is not good to talk about on a podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what you're even referring to. Smashing Pumpkins was part of the 90s independent grunge movement that were they put out several beautiful records uh-huh. that I love very much. Okay. And I listened to the basically 91 to 99 catalog every October. Okay. Well, and I'll probably cut this out of the podcast because <laughs> it's fairly embarrassing. I think the embarrassing stuff is exactly what we should share. <laughs> We're only human, Jay. I figure I'm allowed to like the Smashing Pumpkins now because I'm a, actually a dad. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just sort of a dad band. Well, then, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, again, I grew up, you know, out in the country. And every fall, we would invite our friends over and we would have some form of a campfire slash bonfire. It Love wasn't that. always huge, but, you know. And my mom would make her chili. And uh, my dad would hook up the trailer to either a four-wheeler or a tractor, oh, depending on the year. Oh, we're back. Talk about the four-wheelers. Yeah. Talk about them. <laughs> Still so, oh my so goodness. shocking to me. Yeah, well, you know, it's a lot of land. And if you want to go places on your land, it can be good to walk. But some of the terrain is a little bumpy. Or I used to love to, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh at me. I'm trying to think. No, I'm not, Do I, wanna... I won't laugh. I we used to go mudding. I used to right. love to go mudding. Yes, yeah, so there it is. There it is. I knew it. Okay, for those Sorry, of you Sorry, but and by mudding, I know what you meant, which was M U D apostrophe m mudding is what you meant to say? <gasps> yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> for those of you who don't know me in person, um I don't know. She's constantly Do I... covered in mud from the four wheelers. Oh my god! Y'all have no idea. So you are so mean to me. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, I don't know if I sound the way that I look. Like I don't know if you listen to my voice and you picture an accurate me. But I'm a kind of small person. I'm five three. I. Um, like pink, it's my favorite color, and I am often compared to a Disney princess. Sometimes as a joke, sometimes as a compliment. I try to always take it as a compliment, even though I don't know if it's always intended that way. (laughs) Jay. But um, anyway, people find it really funny that I used to go mudding. And I still enjoy that kind of thing. I just don't have the opportunity to do it very much. But growing up, I was always the kid who, you know, I had a lot of guy guy friends growing up. A lot of times the girls didn't like to go mudding and get dirty. And they didn't like to go exploring as far into the woods as I liked to go and stuff like that. And so a lot of my friends were guys. And I, I still, I always like to wear dresses because I am that girly person, but I always had to wear like shorts or leggings under my dresses because I'd be climbing trees all the time and I would always get dirty and I would be wearing, you know, heavy boots with my dresses and, and all that. But I feel like that's a pretty accurate description of who I am because I'm very adventurous and I like to do those things, but I also, I really like twirly dresses and things like that too. <laughs> so I'm a weird mix. But yes, in the fall, back to the heart of the matter. In the fall, we would have people over. We would have our bonfire. My mom would make our chili. Um, and my dad would hook up the trailer to either the tractor or a four-wheeler, just depending on the year and what was running the best <laughs> that time of year. And we would do hay rides. 
Um, and so I, I don't know that I've talked much about sensory memory, but that's a big thing um, <laughs> just in general. Yeah. And they say that smell is the strongest. I've heard that. And I... It sounds true. I think that basically it's true in the sense of there are certain smells that will take you back to a memory much much quicker. You know how sometimes you'll hear something and you'll think, oh, where did I hear that? Yeah. But a lot of times with a smell, you'll smell it and you, you immediately think of like, oh, my grandmother's living room or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever that is. And so um, for me, though, just the feeling of fall, like walking outside and it being crisp and cool, I, I have very specific memories yeah. tied to that. Me too. When I hear that thing about sense of smell, it makes me wish that I uh, had one. You don't have a sense of smell? We haven't talked about this in the show before. My nose is mm, nearly non-existent. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about taste? Can yeah, you, like, I mean, it's taste better. Taste food? But my, my sense of smell has always just been, like, bad. Like, I, I people would be like, oh, man, what's that smell? And I'm like, I literally smell nothing. What about if you, like... People get... are going to think I have COVID. I don't have COVID. <laughs> it's been, like, way longer ago. Well, than and COVID is more taste rather than smell. Oh, is it? But um, when you're close to a candle, can you, like, smell... A st- can you smell strong things? Yeah, yeah, f- for sure. It's just, it's just far less sensitive than, uh, like, other hmm. uh, senses for me. Interesting. Yeah. Always had bad smell and bad hearing. Bad hearing? Yeah. Perfect vision. That's interesting perfect because... Perfect touch, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that. <laughs> I can feel the thing. Um, I, yeah, that's interesting. I guess if you're going to have one um, sense that isn't as strong, it probably you'd probably want to choose smell. I guess so, but yeah, just never really had it very much. It's interesting to me, though, that you don't have a good... Like your ears don't work super great because music well, is your thing. Oh, yeah, those two things may be connected. Maybe I stood right in front of an amplifier oh, with an electric guitar one too, too many much. times. <laughs> Maybe I stood right next to a drum set in an all wood paneled room with nothing on the floor or walls one too many times. I have a feeling this is not a hypothetical maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's not great. It's you- fine. You have any fall memories? Um, I, when you, as soon as you said chilly, then I perked up because I remembered how much that is still, as soon as the first cool day comes, I'm always like, oh, can't wait to make a delicious batch. Yeah. Is that a Southern thing or is that a American thing? For some reason, I want to say that's more than just a Southern thing, but I I mean, I would hope so. I feel like everyone should experience that. Hey, tell me what you're putting in your chili this year. Um, So my mom is the one who makes chili. Um, And a lot of times she will, when she makes it, she makes a whole bunch and she'll give me some to put in my freezer and I'll save it for a a nice evening where I just want everything to be cozy because chili does that. But my mom actually makes really good venison chili. Ooh. And um, out on the 100-acre farm, um, my dad does do some hunting when he has time for it. And so it's always really exciting when it's some fresh venison chili. Um, but she, I don't know what all she puts in it, but she does it right. It's so good. You know, it's extra good with lots of cheese. Oh, yeah. It Full all circle. circles back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a venison chili, but it does sound so good. It doesn't necessarily have a super different taste from beef chili. I, but I, the fact that it's from a deer that you murdered with your own hands. Oh my gosh, Jay. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, what's funny.
funny is like I don't think you actually intended any judgment in that statement. You're just like it, it legitimately is so cool. Um yeah, I really I don't have a response to that, Jay. Yeah. No. I no, don't. but that, that is so cool. I've <laughs> recently for Chili I've been doing a little a little dash of cinnamon in there. Somebody once Ooh. said that and I was like, that sounds crazy, but then I did it and I was like, Oh, maybe this is my new thing. <laughs> I know my mom put some mustard in it. And, oh yeah, gotta do that. And uh, I don't know, lots of lots of tomato stuff. I really, I need to know what's in her chili. I know <laughs> I should. I don't though. We'll do a chili cook-off here at the office. Okay, my mom's recipe against yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm a chili novice. Oh, so. all all your own. Yeah, so all I'm not. Own. I'm not. Oh, I, I would be doing a second generation. You would be doing first generation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, let's let's call it. That's a just a perfect episode. People have learned so much from us. You know, one of the things we really try to reiterate in this podcast is that homeschoolers aren't awkward, but I think... Um, well, we are. Well, yeah. Not all homeschoolers, but you and me. For sure. And I think that if anyone had their doubts, I think we may have masked it fairly <laughs> well up until this point, but um, no more doubts now. Cat's no out of the bag. Sorry, y'all. We're a little bit awkward. Hey, since we are getting back into a new season yes. of the show, okay. should we call this season two? Sure. We don't have enough episodes to call it season two, do we? <laughs> we can even have this just only this episode is season two. <laughs> season two. <laughs> season two begins. <laughs> um, th- since we are kind of getting back on a more regular schedule and we're actually in the same place every week, um, please send us your questions and send us your uh, topics, things that you'd like us to talk about on the show as former homeschoolers and things, you know, letting us know what you'd like us to talk about, about, uh, things you're wanting to try, things you're wanting to avoid. We would love to help you out any way we can. Yeah. And, um, despite the craziness of this episode, we do have some really good, um, topics coming up very soon. We do have a list of good ones. We just thought we'd throw in a uh, more casual one today. <laughs> Got some interviews coming down the pipe too. We do. We're very excited about it. Anyway, you can email us at the greatest gift podcast at gmail.com. Anything else we say at the end of these shows? I can't really remember. Um, we are part of the Homeschool Care Foundation. Oh yeah. Uh, which is a uh, nonprofit that helps homeschoolers in need. There's a financial aid department. Um, we're currently building a counseling program, a mentorship program, and we do have special needs advocates as well. Um, and to learn more about the Homeschool Care Foundation, you can go to homeschoolcare.org. That's right, yes. That is right. Yes, homeschoolcare.org. On our brand new website. Yeah, our website looks really good. We have a great website that we just launched. Um, so we are no longer embarrassed for you to go to homeschoolcare.org. <laughs> it is. It's finally up to par. So <laughs> be sure to check that out. And we are on Facebook as well, the Homeschool Care Foundation. Um, and we post our podcasts there. So when there's a new episode, we let people know through Facebook. And we, we post there fairly regularly, just some inspirational pieces and anything that we find that we think can be helpful. So if maybe, you know, you don't regular regularly look for podcasts, but you're on Facebook pretty often. Just give us a follow and we'll give you those updates so you know when there's something new available. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Okay, thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.